Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to our program, which is a live program where we would like to interact and talk with you. You can call us at 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. When you hear the answer, press the number one, and that puts you into the queue to be greeted by our greeter and our screener. And then we'd love to talk with you about various situations concerning relationships. But as we have mentioned before, what we start off today talking about is, what if you think your spouse is cheating, but you're not quite sure? Is there any way to assess to determine whether or not he or she may be cheating on you? I'm going to give you five things to consider. I call it roadmap. Now, the roadmap to assess whether or not your spouse might be cheating on you. We're going to abbreviate the word road to RD as it would be on many maps and like you would write on an address if you were sending a letter to somebody. So RD map, roadmap. And each of those stands for a various thing. Now, let me explain to you. The first one is this. If the way that your spouse is responding to you has changed, you say, what do you mean? Well, for example, if he or she is evading answering your questions, when you ask, where were you? What were you doing? What about this? What about that? And sometimes even the most innocuous of things you talk about, and it's like, what is it that he or she is hiding from me? Another is perhaps they are accusing you of causing a problem where none exists. Like, why do you ask about this? Why do you make those insinuations? Why do you seem to be bothered by these kinds of things? And another way is if they question your sanity or talk to you in such a way as to begin to make you question your sanity. Now, understand that I could elaborate a lot more on these, and I will. This week, I will be filming for our YouTube audience, a longer version of these where I go into more detail and explain them in greater detail than I am now. Plus, plus, if you determine that your spouse really is cheating on you, what do you do then? And so if you want the longer version of what I'm giving you now, then please go to youtube.com slash marriage and subscribe. And that way you will know as soon as this video goes up and any other videos that we do. And we're putting up videos every week, all kinds of videos about relationships. But this one about the roadmap to assess whether your spouse may be cheating. Now, remember, it's R-D-M-A-P, roadmap. Under the R is the fact that your spouse is responding to you in the ways that I mentioned. The D means that you discover that you're being treated differently by the people that are close to your spouse, maybe his or her family, his or her friends, that they have not been uncomfortable around you before, but they are now, or that they tend to avoid you when before you could be friends and talk about all kinds of things, or when they're around you, they begin to display looks of sadness or pity or sympathy or even anger. You say, well, why might that be an indication of the fact that my spouse may be cheating? Because sometimes the people closest to your spouse are the ones that know about it, even when you don't. And if that bothers them, either about you or about what's happening, they'll start treating you differently. Now let's go to the M. The M has to do with what's missing. Is there time missing? Like you don't know where your husband or wife is. And when you ask those questions, it's back to what we said in number one. They respond to you in such a way like, why are you trying to cause a problem when none exists? Or they get you to start questioning your own sanity. But there's time missing where you don't know where he or she is. And it's not just something that happens rarely, but it begins to happen more often. Or there's money missing because of the fact that if you're involved with somebody else, particularly if you're the male, But it can also work with a wife, a female. If you're involved with somebody else, it can get to the point where it can be expensive. So not just missing time, but also missing money or missing affection. What I mean by that is they used to be affectionate with you, but now they're a little standoffish, a little different. And when they're with you, you can tell that something's different. Then to the A. So we've gone through R, D, M, A. Altered or new behaviors. You see, what do you mean? Well, they've changed their appearance. 
either they've lost weight or gained weight, whatever the case needs to be for them to think they look better. They started changing the way that they dress. They start changing the way that they actually do things. And so their appearance has changed or their beliefs or values or even their involvement with their religion. Like they used to be very active at your church or synagogue or whatever it is you're part of, but now they don't go as much. They tend to be avoiding those kinds of things. And the things that they used to say were wrong, they now begin to indicate, well, maybe we were wrong to think those things were wrong. So altered appearance, altered beliefs, values, religion, or altered involvement with you and are your kids. Like he or she used to spend time with your children, but now very seldom, if at all, used to spend time with you doing things, but now very seldom, if at all. And then we get to the final, the P, protected, meaning that they're protecting devices like their cell phone, like their email accounts, those kinds of things. Like, you know, you don't need to be looking around in there. That's mine. This is my personal property. Leave it alone. And so they begin to protect their devices or electronic things, such as email away from you, or even particularly places like don't come around work anymore. Or don't come in this particular room. This is my man cave or my woman cave. And I do my things in there. Don't come around. And so they begin to protect certain places. It could be even the places they go to hang out in the evening, like I'm just having a beer with the guys or whatever it might be, but they don't want you there. So they protect the devices, protected places or protected storage. Like you discover, you see that, wait a minute, there's a safety deposit box I didn't know about, or there's a financial account that I didn't know about, or there's a storage unit I didn't know about. Now, you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Dr. Beam, you're saying that any of those may indicate the fact that my spouse is cheating. Yes, possibly, but not necessarily probably. I don't want you to start worrying about things you don't need to worry about. Don't start imagining things because that'll drive you crazy. And the next thing you know, you'll be accusing a spouse of doing things that he or she is not doing. So be very careful with this information. These are not absolutes. But the more of these things there are on that roadmap, those five things I just gave you, the more of them that there are, the greater the likelihood that something's going on that shouldn't be going on, which could be cheating, but it also might be they've gotten into something else they don't need to be in, like gambling or whatever else it might be. Now, again, I need to explain these in more detail. Right now, I'm just giving you kind of the, the touch of it, just a little bit to understand it. Don't look at these, and based on what I just said here, make a decision. Please, please sign up for a YouTube account. Please look at the video I'll be recording later in this week, which gives a lot more great, a lot greater and a lot more detail about this. And then if the signs become pretty obvious that it looks as if he or she really is, there's another step you need to make before you make that decision that I'll explain on the YouTube video. And then if you discover that it actually is happening, what do you do? So with us is Kimberly Holmes, who is the CEO, the person that I work for here at Marriage Helper. Kimberly, did I do that so rapidly that it didn't make any sense? No. <laughs> you dove right into it, though, that's for sure. No, it it's, it's good. Again, like you said, you'll be doing our YouTube video this week is going to be going into that into further detail. So be sure you go to YouTube.com slash Marriage Helper, subscribe. And then if you want to be notified every time that we release a new video that has great content just like this, then be sure to hit the bell on YouTube as well. And you'll get notifications right to your email every time we have a new uh, what is it? Video that goes live. I'm going to blame jet lag. I've been up since 3 a.m. Really? I have. Why? <laughs> because I'm blaming jet lag. Jet lag. Oh, that's yes. right. You have been in Europe and have yes. finally returned. I'm glad yes. you're back. And I Thank hope that you. you eventually get some sleep. <laughs> I hope so, too. All nice. right. On our live program here, we take your calls. And we're going to start with Joanna in Pennsylvania. Joanna, can you hear us? I can, Joe. Thank you for taking my call. How may we help you today? So my husband has, we've been married for over three decades, and he has a history of pornography, flirting with women at work, um, emotional affairs, which he doesn't call them that, and and he's crossed over the line into a sexual affair in Hmm. like decades ago. Anyway, um, so I don't typically, so I used to be very thin and I've gained a lot of weight over the years and Mm -hmm. I don't undress in front of him, but um, he like caught me naked in our bedroom the other day and Mm -hmm. as he talked, 
he kept his eyes closed the whole time he was talking to me. And mm-hmm. what I find about that is because he had told, he had divulged to me at one time that when he was involved with this woman sexually, then he wouldn't look at me. So mm-hmm. I, like, I'm just, I don't, I'm just like thinking, I mean, I wouldn't want to look at me either if I was looking at young pornographic models on a regular mm-hmm. basis. So I just don't know what to think about. It was very hurtful. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll make sure I understand something that you said. You said that before when he was involved with somebody else, he didn't want to look at you. Are you thinking that he's involved with somebody else now? Is that what you're saying? Well, that's, I mean, that's what I'm wondering, you know, that. Mm-hmm. I'm just Did you wondering. hear the first part of the program where I went through that roadmap, the RDMAP? Did you happen to yeah. hear that part as we started the program? Oh, I heard most Did... of it when, when when they weren't talking to me about, you know, my name and I where understand. I came from, all that. Right, right. Yeah, I'm a screener. I do get that. And so based on those kind of things, you, is there missing time? Is there missing money? Is there any other sign that you think may indicate he's having an affair other than the fact that he closed his eyes when you were nude? Well... I mean, not specifically, except that he's a very, um, it, it, he just keeps his mouth shut, like, almost all the time, because mm-hmm. he's not, but that's gonna, normally you know, who he like. Is. Right, he does that. It, exactly. I mean, that's not something that just started. Okay, so, Kimberly, as we look at this, let's talk about the pies for a minute, if we may. Because if the only reason that you're thinking that this may be that he's involved with somebody else is because he closed his eyes, when on a previous occasion, he did that. That's not necessarily an indication of that. Mm-hmm. Now, as we get older, things change, but mm-hmm. the pies, like explain those very briefly, if you will, and how that becomes applicable in a situation like this. Sure. So for the people who may not be familiar with this concept, pies is the four areas of attraction. And it stands for physical attraction, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual attraction. And all of these play a major part into how a person is attracted to you. Um, if you look through the thousands of pages of research, then you see that these keep coming up. It's, but we at Marriage Helper, we narrowed them all down and put them into these four areas of these types of attraction. Now, physical is only one part of attraction. And as Joe mentioned, it's something that changes throughout your life as, um, I mean, for, for everyone. But what's important here is that when you're talking about being the best that you can physically, being the most attractive you can physically, is that you're not personally comparing yourself to people who are younger than you, who have a different body type, because there's no way you would ever win in a competition to that if that's what you keep personally comparing yourself to. The whole point of working and becoming the most physically attractive you can be is to be the most physically attractive you can be for your age and situation in life. Now you mentioned um, that over the years, there's been some things that have happened where maybe you don't feel the best about yourself physically. You said that you had gained weight now, but you're attributing that from what I hear, you're attributing that to the fact that maybe your husband might not be as attracted to you as he is to the women that he sees online, but you're making that assumption. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, and you're, she's making that assumption, but that is definitely a possibility. If, sure. a, if a man is looking at young hard bodies because that's the, the models they use in the pornography or nudity, then we can understand that. Mm-hmm. But what Kimberly's trying to say is there's a lot more to this than physically. Mm-hmm. For example, you said you don't let him see you naked, but that you mm-hmm. slipped up and he saw you naked. So you see, when you say that, I think about the possibility well, maybe he thinks you don't want to be seen there right. since you don't let that happen. And that's a possibility as to why he closed his eyes. Mm-hmm. The short answer to that, that is this. I'm mm-hmm. sorry? I did, and I thought of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the long and short of it is, obviously, we cannot tell you why he did that. Only he can. Right. But I hope you hear what Kimberly's saying here. As we get older, we change. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just the physical. If you concentrate just on that. As you get older, I don't care who you are, man, woman, whatever, as you get older, you're going to lose if you think it's all about physicality and how I compare to the young hard bodies. And so what you're saying is it's a combination of all four. Of all four of them. And it's, the thing about it is that physical is the word that we think of, or it's that, that image we think of when we hear the word attraction. Well, I want my husband to be more attracted to me than I need to lose weight or change my hair color or whatever it might be. 
it's the least important of the four parts of attraction. And it's the one that it might get short-term attention, mm -hmm. but long-term, if there's not the intellectual attraction, which is you're able to have a conversation and have similar interests, you enjoy talking to each other. That emotional attraction where you're evoking emotions within him that he enjoys feeling about himself to where he wants to be around you even more. The spiritual attraction to where you're upholding to what you believe, that you have a beliefs and values and you hold to them and that you live as a person of character and integrity and doing all of those things. It is the combination of the four of those areas that mm -hmm. makes someone even more attractive to you. So focus on the E. That is the one where you can get the most traction the quickest if you're focusing on how can I make sure my husband, that I'm evoking positive emotions within him, that he enjoys how he feels about himself. Now, I don't know more about the situation than what you've said, um, but in many of the couples that we work with here at Marriage Helper, there could be a situation similar to yours, and the wife could continue on to say things like, and then I chastised him about the fact that he did it. I made him feel guilty about it. I made him second guess it. And those didn't evoke in that situation. Those would not evoke positive emotions in the husband. And so it's more so of thinking, how can I focus on making sure that he likes how he feels? when he's around me, that's going to get the best amount of investment from you and the greatest amount of return as well. Where that he is actually attracted to you. Mm -hmm. So understand this. I don't care who you are, how young, how old, etc., how beautiful, how not beautiful you are. There's always somebody that's going to be physically more attractive than you. Always. And so that's why we don't concentrate on that. You take care of yourself and become the best that you can be. So, for example, if you do believe you've come overweight, become overweight, then fix that. I mean, it can be tough. I fight with my weight all the time, and it fights back and often wins. But you can do something about that. But understand that what she's saying is, while a person may like looking at somebody else, mm -hmm. the person lie. they want to spend their time with, the person right. they want to be with, is the person evoking those positive emotions. And that's what you want to concentrate on. That's what makes you the most attractive mm -hmm. in the long term. So now we're going over to okay. Illinois, and we're going to talk to uh, Bethany. Mm -hmm. Bethany, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. How may we help you today? Can you hear me? Hi. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I was curious if couples counseling is a good idea while he's still involved in the affair or with the affair partner, or if it'll end up being kind of more detrimental to us maybe getting our relationship back. What is your goal for couples counseling? Mm-hmm. Our goal, like, that we both agree on is um, mm -hmm. learning communication. Okay. So we he's... have kids, so he says basically at the very least so we can learn how to communicate with each other for co-parenting purposes. And, like, because he's the one who brought it up. He wants mm -hmm. the couple's counseling. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that means he's kind of wavering and kind of coming around to our relationship again or, yeah, I don't know. Now, you said the goal that we agree on. Did When he first mentioned couples counseling, did he say anything else about it? Did he say that's exactly why he wanted to do it? He uh, Well, we were um, actually having a discussion about our relationship, and, you know, he brought it up in a way like, well, I was talking about, you know, just kind of wanting to move out. And it ended up in like an argument and then ended in us actually talking to where he was like, you know, so a question I have is when it comes to our relationship, like what tricks do you feel you have up your sleeve where it would be better this time around than it was before? And I told him, you know, all of our issues in our relationship stem from a lack of communication. If we could learn how to communicate with each other, we could fix every single issue. And then following that is when he suggested couples counseling to work on our communication saying at the very least for co-parenting and if it doesn't work then maybe we'll see that we were incompatible hmm. okay so he didn't say i'm only going to go to marriage counseling just for the children it was one yeah. aspect of it but it's also about communication does he have a counselor mm -hmm. in mind we actually did a consult wednesday and we go for our first session thursday mm -hmm. i'm just okay. obviously my goal is for mm -hmm. us to fix our relationship uh, when the counselor mm -hmm. asked him, you know, kind of what his goal was, he said he didn't know. And mm -hmm. then the counselor asked him, well, what do you think about hers? And he was like, 
So. Mm-hmm. In the consult, in the consult, did you ask the counselor whether or not is it a male or female counselor? It's a male. I figured he would be okay. more comfortable with a male counselor. Okay, that's fine. Did you ask the counselor if if he is willing to try to help you save the marriage, or if his goal would be to help you be happy? Did you ask anything like that? No. Like I said, okay. he asked me what my goal was, and I told her, like in a perfect world, how do you see this ending up? And I told him, perfect world, it would be that we fix our relationship, fix our communication, and he finds the value in our relationship again. Okay. And do you know anyone else who has gone to this counselor, or is this someone you found online? I mean, how did you come about choosing this person? I found him online. Um, He does deal with infidelity and stuff like that. Um, He's been doing this Mm -hmm. for 32 years. Mm -hmm. Did you ask what success this counselor has in helping couples solve their problems and stay together? I did not ask. He um, kind of touched on it, making it sound like he does really well. Um, like I said, I don't okay. know you that. Know you were about to say something. I interrupted you. What were you about right. to ask? No, you're good. Well, I was just going to let <laughs> Bethany know. There's kind of this rapper, rapid fire questions that we're asking because we're it's such a broad question. I mean, we have thoughts about it in general, um, and we've done a ton of YouTube videos about it and all of that kind of stuff. I have my background is um, in marriage and family therapy. I had done a lot of master's work in that field and then, um, and then switched over to general psychology. But I, so I'm familiar with the way that marriage and family therapy works, the way that all of that works. And then we, we know the experience from the couples that we work with who have gone to counselors before as well. And so it's just one of these things where we're not going to be able to just give a flat answer. We can't just sit here and say, oh, well, it's going to help him into the fair because there's so many variables. Mm-hmm. to, well, what is that, per- like Joe's been asking, what is their success rate? It's one thing for a person to say that they deal with infidelity and have been doing it for 32 years, but that doesn't really tell you anything. Like that's mm-hmm. marketing. Right. They're just saying the situations <laughs> that they work with. It's a whole nother thing to say, I help couples stay together who one of them or both of them have been involved in an affair and I have a 77% success rate, which is what we have at Marriage Helpers. So in our communication and talks that we've had with counselors across the nation, they tell us it's what, 10%? Something like that. The counselors we've spoken to, but we also have counselors that we know who are amazing at what they do and they're going to help try and work on saving the marriage. And so it's difficult to just hear your question and give you a quick answer right? because there's no quick answer. But what I would say, and then I'll hand it over to Joe is, if you don't feel confident and comfortable in this person, then what you need to realize is your husband is in a very vulnerable situation right now. He's still in an affair. If he hears from a counselor, any form of, you just need to be happy. You just need to leave. Maybe we should do a trial separation. If any of that happens, which very commonly happens, that's all your husband needs to hear. In most cases, that's all a husband in that situation needs to hear to say, and then they're gone. Yeah. And right. that frustrates me because it happens all the time and it shouldn't. It right. shouldn't happen. So good marriage counselors are worth their weight in gold. Mm-hmm. There is no doubt about it. They're amazing. They're awesome. But, but as Kimberly says, we hear the horror stories. Mm-hmm. We actually heard one where they called us and said the counselor looked at me, the wife, and said, since he's in love with the other woman, oh, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, you're the other woman. Yes. And you need to go so oh. he can be with the woman that he loves. So it really boils down to the beliefs and values of the counselor. What not only how he or she has been trained, mm-hmm. but the experiences they have had in their own life. Because if they have practiced things that are in contradiction to what you're looking for, they'll tend to remote what they've done, mm-hmm. no matter how they've been trained. And and you need to ask, you know, are you really pro-marriage? You're going to help mm-hmm. us work this out. Because if they start saying, well, just go do what makes you happy and mm-hmm. I'll help you do that. You guys need to separate or divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, in our recent survey, we haven't finished it yet, but about 25% of people around the world who are responding to, well, around America, I should say, that are responding to this survey are saying, about 25% are saying, our marriage council recommended that we divorce or mm-hmm. that we separate. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know all those stories. It could be because of the fact that the counselor found out this guy was going to hurt her physically. Mm-hmm. So we don't know all the stories there. But it sounds awfully high that 25%, one out of four marriage counselors are saying, you just need to split. 
So that's why we always recommend in that consultation, ask some very specific questions. Are you pro-marriage? Are you going to help us fight for this? Is your primary goal just to help us each be happy? Mm-hmm. Or is your primary goal to help us save the marriage? Mm-hmm. Are you going to relate to each one of us? Mm-hmm. By the way, if you look at the research about marriage counseling that is successful, mm-hmm then it's always because of the fact that the people, each of the people related very well to the counselor and the counselor related to each of the people and that the counselor was very focused on helping them save the marriage rather Mm -hmm. than having some other goal or agenda. Now, if you look at their research about that, they claim a really high success rate. Well, it's amazingly high. But when you start understanding how they rate it, it's actually extremely low. Mm-hmm. It's basically if you do everything we tell you to do and, and everything works out and he wants to be there and you want to be there, then great. We have great success. Well, we have a hundred percent success with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we can't tell you whether it will help or not. It's all going to depend on the experience you have with that counselor. Right. So be very, very careful with that. Right. And if he or she, uh, well, it's a he in this case, but if that counselor starts working against you, you might want to end those re- that relationship with that counselor relatively fast. Mm-hmm. If he's really good, it'll be awesome for you. That's him. right. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to go to West Virginia and go to John. Hi, John. How may we help you today? Uh, hi, Joe. It's uh, good to get through to you. I've listened to you a bunch. Uh, the, I don't know where to start. I guess I'm officially divorced and have been for a couple months. Mm-hmm. But my question is, I know that we had problems to begin with, but my dad was sick and had Alzheimer's and passed away, and I emotionally shut down on her. Well, then in, mm-hmm. during that time afterwards, she had a weight loss surgery mm-hmm. and then started talking to an ex-high school friend, and he became mm-hmm. the LO and mm-hmm. built her up and... Uh, Next thing mm-hmm. I know, she's wanting a divorce, and it was before I found you all. I wish I'd mm-hmm. found you beforehand, but the mm-hmm. lawyer pushed through a divorce real fast to try to protect me and my son, which she mm-hmm. gave away complete custody and everything mm-hmm. to me. She just wanted out. Wow. And how, how which, old is the son? Uh, he's 14. Okay. And, I mean, mm-hmm. she still visits. I mean, I, I, he goes over all the time because I'm not – keeping him away from her. I don't want any of that. I mean, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to... Good. She spends just as much time as her house as my house. I just don't know what to do. I mean, we talk like we're fine. She says that it's great that we get along, but she Mm -hmm. doesn't really want anything to do with me, and I just don't know if Mm -hmm. I'm wasting my time because she's dating this other guy. Okay. Is she living with him or just dating him? I... Well, whenever my boy's there, they're not living together, but he's over there all the time. So I don't okay. know whenever he's not there. <laughs> you know. Okay. It's not unusual for a person who has an, a, a pretty dramatic change in appearance. Like, for example, they go to weight loss surgery, that kind of thing. It's not unusual that they start viewing themselves differently. And when they view themselves differently, sometimes that can lead to things that aren't very good. Such as, well, yeah. uh, maybe I can rekindle my past. And when people get involved with somebody like they were involved with years and years ago, such as somebody from high school, et cetera. It's often because they're trying to recapture something. I'm trying to recapture my youth. I'm trying to see myself in a different way. I'm trying to relive my life in a different way. Now you've already uh, admitted that you were a distant, you didn't give her the attention that she needed and that helped contribute to this. And so it's good that you're aware of that. It's good that you're aware of that because being aware of things means you can change it. So if you're asking the question, should, should I still try to stand for my marriage? My estimation would be if you still love this woman and you still want it to work, then yes, Mm -hmm. because what you're describing here, or this is a situation that we have seen many, many times. Mm -hmm. Now we can't guarantee you that we can help you resolve it, but we've had a lot of successful situations just like you're describing. Now, if she married the other guy, it's a different deal. Okay. But the fact that, the fact that she's still interacting with you, even though she doesn't want that kind of relationship with you, mm-hmm. the fact that she's still interacting with you, at least in any level, is actually a good sign. Right, Kimberly? I agree. And John, I believe was mm-hmm. your name. Yes, it's John. Um, yeah. You mentioned that it all happened relatively quickly. Now, I know that's a six months can feel like forever when you're in that mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. But 
typically when we're talking to someone saying the things you're saying, then, you know, there was a one or two year divorce process. And you mentioned that it had only been what, four months. Is that what I heard you say? Uh, she wanted a divorce. Uh, we were doing the paperwork but you been within divorced. a month. So you've been divorced we were done two months, months, right? I've uh, been divorced four months now, but it's, okay, four yeah. I mean, it went, got pushed through really fast. Really quick. Right. See, the okay. problem I was wondering about, I've, I've read about this stomach loss or weight loss surgery, and it causes serotonin mm-hmm. levels to drop and other brain chemicals to drop, and it's the same mm-hmm. stuff that limerence causes. So I'm just really confused about what all's going on. If you're trying to understand mm-hmm. it from a physical standpoint, we're all going to get lost pretty quickly <laughs> because of the fact that, you know, think about it this way. If, if I take penicillin, it kills me. If you take penicillin, it makes you well. So when we start talking about brain chemicals, it still doesn't necessarily mean it's going to affect everybody just exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to go off of that. I think that the weight loss probably was a precipitating factor. I think the weight loss probably did help set, that, help set this up, but it does not necessarily mean that it can't be put back together. Mm-hmm. And, and at least now, in the situation you're describing, my recommendation is keep doing the right things, my friend, and hope that it works out. Mm-hmm. I don't hear anything here that makes me say, boy, this is pretty much hopeless. You, you probably should move on. Mm-hmm. No, I don't either. Not it, at all. It, but I, I barely I speak to her like, like once a week um, mm-hmm. when we're transferring our, my son back and forth, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So – that's a huge win. I mean, I, when you say that, I know for you, it's like, it's only once a week, but when I'm comparing it to the thousands of other people that, that are contacting us that we hear from and they're, they can't get their spouse to talk to them at all for months and months and months. So what I want to encourage you to do, John, is to try and see this from a more positive perspective. And I know that it's difficult, but when I'm looking at your situation and I'm seeing the silver lining, I'm seeing you haven't been divorced that long. And we, what the things that we know about limerence is there's a time frame that goes with it. And so if you continue to do the things you need to do, just like Joe said, then time is on your side mm-hmm. in a huge way. A second thing is you have the ability to speak at least once a week. So as you're mm-hmm. working on the things that you do, then it, you already have that one time a week with that when you're switching out your son, but as you continue to do the things you need to do, that can increase. And once a week is huge. There are people who would give a million dollars for one, one time a week that they're able to speak with their spouse. So try and see this from a more positive perspective. There's so much working in your favor right now. I would encourage you to not give up yet. Right. And this is a good time to mention, Kimberly, uh, when will our online course be open again? Is that coming up relatively soon? I believe it is next week. You think so? I think so. <laughs> I mean, you're the CEO. You're supposed yes, to know these but things. but I'm jet lagged. Yeah? And I'm going to use that for the next month. <laughs> I'm jet lagged. Okay. I don't know. And for those of you listening, In including John, our online course is for the one spouse who wants to make the marriage work, and the other one at this point does not for whatever reason. And the online course has like 10 weeks worth of material that you go through and can kind of guide you on, okay, so what if I only have a one-a-week conversation? How can we – how can I continue to do the right kind of things that – that leads to a possibility mm-hmm. of that conversation becoming more open, more honest, so that it can lead to other things. Mm-hmm. We don't teach any manipulative <clears throat> stuff like do this, do this, or you can manipulate them. We're totally against manipulation. But about if you do this, then this is more likely to occur. If you do this, then this is more likely to occur. And so if you want to know about our online course, how would they find out about that right now? It may be opening next week. When our CEO gets out of our jet lag, we can actually let you know it's going to happen. We'll you, know. So. you can find out through our emails. The best way to stay in touch with what Marriage Helper is doing, our live shows, our YouTube videos, any courses that we're launching, our workshops, is to be sure you're on our email list. So go to our website, marriagehelper.com, find a way to get on our email list, and you will be sure to get notifications from there. Okay. And we're going to go now to the country of Canada. We have a lot of folks that we interact with in Canada. Mm-hmm. And this is Patty. Hi, Patty. How may we help you? Hi. How are you today? Rocking and bopping. So what may we do for you, my friend? Good. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking my um, my phone call. So I've been married for 27 years. And um, about six years ago, um, I caught my husband and what he says was an emotional affair. But my gut tells me that it was more than that. But okay. now, fast forward, um, about five weeks ago, I caught him texting another woman, and he told me that she's local, 
and that he um, he wants a divorce and he feels smothered and he feels trapped. And we have four kids and they've all now graduated from high school. So they're all doing their thing except for we have one daughter still living at home. But he's still um, affectionate towards me. He doesn't come home till late. He's in construction. So he doesn't come up till about 830 at night. So he tells me he's still working, which I do tend to believe that. However, we don't have a bond in the evening. He works late at night. He comes home. He goes right to his office, gets his food, and then he puts his earplugs in, and he streams all the Netflix movies. So we never, ever have any time together in the evening. Occasionally, he'll ask me about for dinner with him. But my question is, we are still intimate sexually. I initiated a lot of it, and it's a pretty good intimate sexual life that we're having right now. It was stagnant there before. Um, but he says he doesn't want to initiate it because he doesn't want to get my hopes up. But I asked him the other day, I said, well, should we still continue this? And he said, yes. My question is, I've read things where you shouldn't do it. You should do it. Maybe he needs to miss you more. I'm definitely, I'm, I've watched you guys enough to where it says I need to change. So I've been taking tennis lessons, going to gym early in the morning. He's made notice of that. Um, I'm mm-hmm. going to church now by myself without him. So I am mm-hmm. taking care of myself. I just don't know what I'm doing is right. Okay. Let me back up one step. You said that he felt smothered. Do you smother him? Mm-hmm. You really do? I, didn't, I don't know. It's only that I would text him during the day and say, hey, how's, your go- how's, how's it going? I would call him and say, hey, because I'm in a sales job where I drive a lot, so sometimes I'm just bored driving, so I'll call him and say, how's it going? I would say I call mm-hmm. him maybe two or three times a day, maybe, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. it. But How does he respond very, to that? Does he like talking to you when you call him, or does he feel pressured? How does he respond? I don't think – he says, hey, how's it going? How's your day going? And whatnot. I, I never so felt that I was that way. So he does not respond no, negatively uh-uh. when you call him. So it's like no, that's okay. No. Okay. Do you yeah. actually try to control his behavior? Do you try to manipulate him in any shape, fashion, or form? Yes, to be honest, sometimes I do, yes. Okay, stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's not a good thing to do because manipulation typically works against you. Like, for example, trying to make Uh somebody miss you. When you try to make somebody miss you, it's manipulation almost always. You you really, Uh we, what we continue to say to people is this. If you get a person back by manipulating, how are you going to keep them once you get them back? You're going to have to come up with more Mm -hmm. manipulations. The best thing to do is not to manipulate at all. Now, Having said that, let's go to the intimate thing. Now, you say you initiate most of it, but he responds positively. He doesn't feel smothered or controlled by that. Is that correct? Correct. It's very, when we are having sex, it's very passionate. It's very, he reciprocates this as much as I do. Excellent. And so you feel that it's not just sex. He, you feel that he's actually intimate with you when that occurs. Yes, absolutely. Good. Then if the question is, should I stop doing that because of the other woman, or should I continue to do that? I think I've done a video on this in our YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. Jesse, do you remember if we did a video on that at all? Jesse's our producer. I'm going to ask him. You recall whether I did a video about whether you should make love with people in situations like this? Okay, so if you go to uh, YouTube.com slash Marriage Helper, um, subscribe so you can have access to everything we do there. And when you do that, I'm pretty sure I did a video on it. I know on our website, marriagehelper.com, we've written articles about it mm-hmm. where we give the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. Now, that you say I the fact I that he doesn't. It. Okay. Well, I think good. I have watched it. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I have watched it, yes. Okay, good. My suggestion is this. If he's reacting well to it and he doesn't feel smothered by it and he doesn't feel manipulated by it, it's a good thing to do it because whenever you culminate, I'm going to use the word orgasm here. It, whenever that mm-hmm. occurs in either male or female, you produce oxytocin. And it goes into, the, into you in two ways, into the autonomic nervous system, but it also goes into the bloodstream as a hormone. And these, this, this chemical is an extremely strong bonding chemical. Therefore, if he's enjoying making love to you, and it's not just sex, you're being intimate with each other, this actually can lead to the possibility of, of him ending the other thing and being more and more with you. Now, just understand, though, that that's not a guarantee. So I don't want you to feel later like, wow, I I, I was used. If you do this, do it because you want to. You feel good about it. But I'm telling you in a situation that you're describing, it's probably a good thing to do. I can't guarantee it, but it probably is because Mm -hmm. it sounds to me like you're both enjoying it, and it will definitely bond you together. 
do you think it will help? Because, like I said, in the evening, we are like two shifts passing at night. He goes into his office, he puts his earbuds in, and, and he, we just, I'm on the couch reading my book, and he's in his room. I just, I just want that, that closeness, not just in sex, but just together, just bonding and okay. having time together. Then, then you can discover some ways to put those things together. You say, well, what do you mean? You can actually, if you think about it, get a little bit creative here. Now, again, we're not talking about manipulation. We're totally against manipulation. But you can start putting it together where you can combine conversations with the sexual dimension as well. Now, forgive me for sounding like a commercial, but uh, if you can afford it, one thing is I don't, I don't own this, so I can't give it to you. But if you go to, to sparkyourmarriage.com. That's one big long word, sparkyourmarriage.com. There is a video uh-huh. series there. Now, now, I did it. It just doesn't belong to me. But there's a video series there that actually leads a couple to talk about a lot of things involving sex. But as, it, as you do the exercises that are, go along with the videos where you talk a lot, it leads to the kind of conversations where you really do become more intimate, open, transparent, sharing. But you're using using it in the context of sex, which obviously is working for you, then you can actually develop from that into more time you actually spend together and talking about other things where you're open, transparent, and vulnerable. And so that series can be a great way to get started into that. And so start where you are. Enjoys the sex. Tie that to being able to talk to each other. And from that, you can develop more. Kimberly, am I making sense with that at all? Yeah, you're making a ton of sense. Okay. I know you say it again very briefly so I can make sure I said it right. <laughs> what a way to put me on the spot. I love putting you on the spot. Yeah. So um, basically when you're in a situation where your spouse is involved with someone else physically or emotionally, the question we get a lot of times from people is, well, should I continue to initiate intimacy, sex, whatever it might be with my spouse if they're involved in that? Our answer, like many of our answers is, it depends. There's pros, there's cons. You asked her a specific set of questions for her situation, which ended up with the encouragement and recommendation of, I I recommend you do because you don't feel bad about it. He doesn't. You have a good experience together. The bonding that happens between the two of you in that can help long-term when the affair is over. So her question was, well, I want to have conversations. I mean, you know, we're just having sex. So I want to be doing more. Mm-hmm. If you go to sparkyourmarriage.com, there's a video series there called The Spark, where Joe guides you through 12 weeks of not just how to have better sex, but how to increase everything in your relationship, including the communication mm-hmm. and the sex, the sexual experience, the sex between the two of you. A lot of couples have the opposite issue of her, where they have, mm-hmm. you know, they talk a lot, but they don't necessarily have a great sex life. But the spark is this, we'll help with that as well. It helps with both of those situations. And so mm-hmm. absolutely go check it out. It is a great series. I had the opportunity to be there as he was filming all of the content I've had to, you know, go through it and all of that stuff. It's amazing. We've had couples go through that. We had a beta group before we launched it that went through it. And the amount of couples, I can't remember the specific statistics right now, but it was over 60% of couples ended the series saying that they had more frequent sex, they had more enjoyable sex, and they were more satisfied with their relationship after going through the spark. We should charge more. <laughs> I think really it's relatively should. inexpensive, but I'm glad to hear the good things about mm-hmm. that. Okay, so let's go back to West Virginia. But this time we're going to be talking to Ben. Ben, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How may we help you, Ben? Yeah, um, about three weeks ago, I found out my wife had been having an affair for the last nine months. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it started about the same time we found out we were pregnant with our third child. Um, Wait a minute. I'll make sure I heard what you just said. Wait a minute. What was that last thing you said? I'm not sure I heard that correctly. um, The time her affair started was the same month we found out we were pregnant with our third child. So did the affair start before she knew she was pregnant or after? Um, I think the emotional part may have started before. Okay. Um, But, um, yeah, and it, it actually got physical about when she was about seven months pregnant. Okay. And um, my question is, I've been, I mean, I've been doing the pies and the smart contact and everything. I've been, been watching your guys' videos religiously, like, all day long, just trying to work on, you know, me and everything. And um, last night, I just, I kind of broke down and told her that, you know, I can't deal with you still having a 
like a texting conversation with him while I'm in the same room. Meanwhile, you know, our kids and us are here. Like you're having the best of both worlds, and I think it would be best if you, um, like, moved out. And, you know, she exploded. And then today I'm thinking that may have been a bad choice on my part because it's taken me steps back, I think. But mm-hmm. um, she said so she, she you know, she's, she's done all the – She's done all the limerent sort of things. She's, you know, she's vilifying everything we ever had. Our wedding day wasn't. Mm-hmm. She didn't enjoy it. Uh, she, you know, she loves me, but she's not in love with me. She's in love with this guy. And, mm-hmm. So, how old is the baby now? So, the baby is two months old. Okay. We have a, and we have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a two-month-old. Well, and after that explosion last night, is she planning to move out? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't really spoken to her much today. I just told her that I think we need to talk some more, that I didn't like the way things went last night. She said she agrees. Um, the thing is when this affair or when the affair happened, we had a lot, we have a lot going on. We still do. We, we were building a house. Um, I was finishing school. We found out she was pregnant. There was all these, you know, intensifying. So a lot of things happening. I don't know. Mm-hmm. A lot of things yeah. happening all at one time there. Okay, yeah. so what is your specific question, my friend? Um, do, should is it a good idea to have her move out, or should I continue just working on me? Because we conversate good with our kids and alone, but I just feel like she's still getting the best of both worlds. Like she's getting her cake and eat it too, because she's getting to have her contact and her emotional needs met by this guy when she's talking to him. But she's mm-hmm. also getting to enjoy the family aspect that we have and. Mm-hmm. I just feel I understand. like she's in that, that valley. And... and I understand. I do understand. And there comes a time when you you know a person can say, that's it, I can't take that anymore. Here I am in the room, and then you're interacting with him, and it's just making me explode. I get that. But if when it comes to anything like this, we always ask the question, what do you expect to accomplish by that? So, for example, if she moves out, if you said that's it, you've got to move out. And, and if she were to do that, what do you think that accomplishes? I mean, and looking at it now, I don't think it's going to accomplish anything but driving her further away. I mean, mm-hmm. the initial idea was hoping that, you know, she'd realize what really she's throwing her away. But I look at it now mm-hmm. and I think that it's not going to help because I'm just pushing her. I'm just helping push her. Mm-hmm. And that's right very now likely. We came an agreement. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. Right now we came into an agreement that, it's, she's having an affair with somebody she works with, but she said she only would see him at lunch, and she's agreed not to do that anymore. And I believe her that she hasn't been. And now I feel like I've done this, that maybe it's just pushing her right back into that. And, and it may well be. So that's the basic question here. What do you expect to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Because what, what I would think, and Kimberly, I really want to hear your opinion on this, is not only does it push her toward him, but if indeed she moves out, it changes your interaction with your own children. And and you have three yeah, very exactly. young children who need daddy. Now, I do understand. Yeah. I get it. When you can just get so frustrated, it's like, I can't deal with this anymore. Get out. And there is a time when things like that have to happen. But would you generally agree with what I'm thinking here? Oh, absolutely. It sounds like what happened last night was a result of frustration. I mm-hmm. mean, you were in the middle of a situation where, in, to you, you just couldn't handle it anymore in that minute. But it wasn't something that was necessarily – let me put it this way. When we're, when our coaches are working with people, when we're working with people and they're considering um, asking their spouse to move out and, and they're using it as a boundary, because a lot of times, like you had done last night, you were trying, whether you realize this or not, you were trying to implement a consequence. She was doing something yeah. mm-hmm. you and, you know, kind of borderline on punishment. Well, I'm just going to kick you out or I just want you to leave. Um, but when we're yeah. implementing boundaries where we're saying it's a safeguard, that offers protection for me. We, a marriage helper, we call them stops, a safeguard that offers protection for me, for my kids. Um, and people are saying, well, should I ask them to move out because then it can help them wake up and, you know, see what they're missing and uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, then the question is, but how is that protecting you? Is she doing something that right now is harming you physically, intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually. And while it's difficult, absolutely, for her to be in the room with you texting the other person, is it something that you can handle right now? 
because the positives of the situation is that she's there, that you're acting as a family, that that bond is still happening. When you kick her out, where is she going to go? Is she going to go live with him? Um, separation only typically separates people from the p or separates people from the chaos and they end up getting peace and when they have that feeling of peace they don't necessarily want to go back to the chaos and so when you can keep the marriage in the same house then we recommend that marriage helper you do that for as long as possible until you need to make a stop or a safeguard that offers protection and if you're going to make a safeguard that offers protection you never do it in a moment of anger frustration, anxiety. Mm -hmm. You always do it when it's been well thought out, when it's a calm moment, Mm -hmm. not in the middle of something that's in the moment, because that's when you typically regret it. And so we would recommend this, my friend, when you have this other conversation, you said you already said, you know, that didn't go well last night, let's Mm -hmm. talk. You can be very honest and open about, you know, this hurts. And it it Mm -hmm. really tears me apart when you're texting with him when I'm right there in the room. And I need you to understand that. Please do and help me. You know, don't put me through that misery. But, you know, let's stay together. We have children. We love them. Mm-hmm. Let's stay in the same house. That's what we would recommend that you do, my friend. Mm-hmm. Then it's your decision. It always is. And now we're going to go to Iowa and talk to Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. How may we help you today? Yeah. Um, I found out my husband cheated about two months ago. And mm-hmm. he keeps saying I just don't want to work on the marriage because I will never trust him again. So what is the point? And I have heard that phrase probably 20 times, and I I can't get past him saying that. I don't know what to say back to him anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I'm at this crossroads with him. Look, let me ask you a question, Sherry. Are you doing things that indicate that you don't trust him, or is he just coming up with this on his own? Yeah, well, he came up with that all on his own. All on his own. Okay. So you're not right doing when anything I found like out about the fair. That was almost the first thing that he said to me, and he's been running with it ever since. Mm-hmm. And I do believe Even that. The... He okay, so you're not, not like manipulating him. You're not like trying to control him. You're not having. Oh, you're not no. following him oh, everywhere no. he goes. No. So this is no, coming from. Yeah, he came home for a vacation. I um, I found out about the affair, and he took off back out of state. And mm-hmm. after we had some words. And I'm like, don't you want to stay and work this out? What's the point? You know, you're never going to trust me again, so what's the point? I've heard this for two months now, and I just Mm -hmm. don't know what more to say to him. And very quickly, how do you respond? What do you say? I usually tell him that it's going to take time, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I say, and sometimes I have told them, I said, that sounds like you're blaming me for the affair. (laughs) You know, you're putting everything on me, all the work on me. You know, what are you going to do? And no are, you, are you um, a pretty strong, driven kind of person that just makes things happen, gets things done? Is that the kind Usually. of person that you are? I'm sorry? I think so. I yeah, think so. I think so. Okay. What about him? Is he more that or is he more laid back and easygoing? Um, he's used to everybody else taking control. You know, okay. even he, he told me last week he was going to call a lawyer and change his bank account. He's ne- He hasn't done any of those things. Okay. You know. So so in your relationship you're the stronger of the two personalities. I think so. Okay. That's part of what's going on here. Now, again, I'm not trying to justify what he's saying. I'm saying what he's saying. When we hear a phrase like that, we figure one or two things is happening. Either A, they're using this as an excuse. Like, okay, this is my excuse to leave, and then they throw it back at you, like you said, kind of making it your fault so that they can leave. Or B, uh-huh. they actually really feel that way. And even if you say you don't they're, they're convinced that you do based on the interactions you have with each other otherwise. Like you're such right. a strong personality, stronger than I am, that even if you won't tell me that's what you're thinking or feeling, I really do believe that you feel that. So let's assume it's mm-hmm. the second one. Let's assume it's not him just making an excuse to leave. Let's assume it's because he knows how strong you are and, and he believes that inside of you, you really aren't going to trust him again because you're this strong personality that makes things happen and you get things done, a different personality than he. If that's the case, if that's what's happening, if we can assume that he's telling the truth when it comes to that, then it's going to be a matter of you communicating in a different fashion. So, for example, if you push back at him saying, well, it sounds like you're trying to make it my fault, that still comes across mm-hmm. as pretty strong. If indeed, mm-hmm. if indeed you're going to make this work, in this situation, what's going to have to, have, have to happen is you're going to have to back off a little bit. Now, I'm not justifying what he did. What he did was wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Please hear me, Sherry. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. 
But yeah. if you wish, if you wish to make this thing work, if you wish to actually put it back together, in this particular situation, when he says things like that, rather than going back at him like, oh, you're trying to make it my fault, or good grief, can't, can't you get past that? Or, yeah, yeah, but it's going to take some time. The better reaction in this particular situation is to do something like this. It's to say, I need to understand. I need to understand. So let me listen for a while and you can explain this or please try to explain this so I can understand it. And you wind up listening because you see, even though he starts there, and this is particularly true with men, it can be true with women, but it's particularly true with men where they start is often not where they wind up. If you truly, truly listen to them, like not responding, not going back at him, just saying, I want to hear, I want to understand, say more, say more. Then often men will think out loud and, and you may get to a position of finding out what he's really thinking and what he's really feeling. And if you can do that, Kimberly, what would you add to that? I would agree with everything you said. <laughs> Are you so jet lagged? You're just going to sit there and let me say whatever I want to say. <laughs> no, not quite. But I do think I should get some credit earlier for not making a facial reaction when you said, what was it? I'm not going to use the word that you did use. You said culmination, but then you used your, you know, real words. Yeah. <laughs> and I just sat here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you understand I'm a sexologist. And I know I that. Use, you know, the right terms here. So let's talk to Don. <laughs> Don in Mississippi. Hi, Don. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Fine. Thank you. How may we help you, my friend? Well, I'm dealing with an issue. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners will frown upon it right now. But I'm one of the individuals that's actually trying to prevent from cheating on my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's quite an age difference, but uh, we've been married for about five years. Mm-hmm. And his career kind of stands in the way of us getting closer and everything else, so... Mm-hmm. Okay. When I guess you say I'm age difference, since, since you brought up the age difference, I have to ask, how much age difference? Well, he's 44 and I'm 28. Okay. All right. And and his career uh, consumes a lot, what you just said. Yes. Okay. Now, when you say, how do you present, prevent yourself from cheating? Does that mean that there's somebody out there you want to cheat with? Unfortunately... Okay. Yes. So you you have started developing a relationship, or at least to some degree, developed a relationship with another man, right, or another woman? Which is it? It's actually a, another man, but it's actually a okay. friend that I've already had before we met. So we mm-hmm. we have never this friend we've never crossed boundaries or lines or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not yet. Okay. And what do your beliefs and values tell you that you should do? Um. Definitely biblically, um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on air. I'm very strict and stringent on this. Um, mm-hmm. Of course not to, because if you go back to biblical times, it was just, you know, if the woman cheated, she was just done away with. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess looking at reality, me still being in my 20s, he's gone all the time. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm hearing, Don. Here's what I'm hearing. Your beliefs and values say, don't do this. Your emotions, your emotions are saying, do this. And you're finding some rationalization for doing this and the fact that your husband's not there and not giving you what you need. Is that, am I interpreting that correctly? Yes. All right. We're not going to sit in judgment on you, my friend. I mean, I appreciate the fact that you would actually call and talk to us about this because um, you, based on the fact you referred to the Bible, I'm assuming that you're a Christian. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And that it really matters to you. It's not just something you do because it's socially acceptable, that it really is part of who you are. Yes. Okay. So if you're going to prevent yourself from sleeping with this guy, what do you think the answer is? I guess it's like stop conversating with him, I guess, which we've done it. Honestly, we've stopped conversating for a while, and that's possibly Mm -hmm. why I haven't done it already. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And even though we live like seven hours away, it's not a problem for either one of us to get to one another at all. So that's, I guess it's just more so of like so much time I have mm-hmm. by myself. Just, mm-hmm. but it's a big deal. I understand that. Okay, first of all, let me tell you, I admire the fact that you have stopped talking to each other on occasion. That tells me a lot about who you are inside. And so I, I admire that. I respect that. But at the same time, you're a woman with some very strong needs right now, and you're already looking at the rationalization. You're already trying to figure out inside of you, how can you rationalize doing something that you believe is wrong? And and that's human. That's very human. It doesn't make you evil. It makes you human. And so there are actually two things here. that If you're going to prevent this, if you're going to stop it, there are two things that have to occur. One is you really need to break off all contact with this gentleman. I don't know it's going to be tough because he's fulfilling certain things within you. And the other is you're going to have to have a conversation with your husband. Now, this conversation doesn't necessarily mean you're going to tell him about the other guy. That may not be a smart thing to do. We'd have to ask more questions. Actually, we've, uh, we've had a conversation. Um, mm. He knows. Um, ah, and how did he react? Of course, definitely not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying to... Ch- He's trying to do or spend more time, but there's no way he possibly came with his career. Like, literally today, um, before I got on and saw you all about to go live, uh, he was home mm-hmm. and work called, and now he's gone. Okay. So in this conversations you're having, have you had a conversation about, okay, I need you to be with me. You're going to have to make some decisions about what's more important to you. Have you had those conversations? Yes, and of course, the answer was he loved his career. And so he would choose his career over you? Pretty much. That's a pretty bad situation. Kimberly, how would you respond to that? How would I respond to that? If you were were the wife and your husband said, I'm going to choose my career over you, how would you respond to that? I would do everything Mary Jalper tells us not to do. <laughs> I would I would have words. I mean, there would be a lot of loud words. Um, I don't know how you change that situation. If there's something you need and there's no other way for compromise, then I don't know how I don't know how you change that because you can't change him. You can't change what he's going to do, but I would probably I mean, there would have to be – you're catching me off guard. I'm feeling all the feelings. Okay. Let me put it this way then. Kimberly, early in the program, talked about stop, safeguards that offer protection. Right. We also have a thing that's not a stop. It's called a core. Right. A core is a continuing a relationship essential. Mm-hmm. And that's like not – this is something that you need to stop. When you do that, it's something that you have to do. And so when you do a core, when you do a core, it's like continuing a relationship essential. You say, if we're going to continue this relationship, mm-hmm. if we're going to continue this marriage, then this is something that has to occur. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to do that, don't make it something that's impossible the other person can't do. Right. And and you can make it actually in, in layers. Now, you said he's like you're in your 20s. He's 44 or something like that, mm-hmm. I think you said. And so it can be like this. If we're going to continue this, if we're going to stay in this marriage, here's an essential. I have to have more of your time. Now, we may have to make this at a tiered response so that now I need you to do this much more for me. But, but as we continue, then I'm going to need you to do this much more for me. Now, don't be narcissistic about it. And I, I even have to use that word. Don't be selfish about it where you make it impossible, where you can't do it. But you together can come up with a plan. You can actually make a plan where that you can move this into what you need. Mm-hmm. And if he refuses to do that, if he says, no, I'm just done with you, you do whatever the heck you want to do, I'm going to go off and follow my career, then that puts you in a situation where that is going to be pretty tough to continue. Mm-hmm. Now, understand, we are not pro-divorce. We do everything we can to try to help save marriages. I would hope that you would convince him Hey, I'm important enough to you. If you love me enough, then we need to go over there to Nashville and we need to be part of this three-day workshop with Dr. Beam and his group. If you won't do that, then I would suggest that you seriously consider working with one of our coaches Mm -hmm. who can help you think these things through. And and you can call our number that we'll put on the screen here in a second. And I'll mention it before we go off the air. And you can actually interact with our coaches who can help you think these things through. Mm -hmm. But a continuing relationship essential is just as important as a stop, mm-hmm. the safeguard that offers protection, this is something you, you have to stop doing. The cores are just as important. 
if you're not being unrealistic, if you're not being selfish. Mm-hmm. And when you're saying, look, I have needs and, and these are not unrealistic needs. I'm not being some kind of a prima donna here. I'm saying I'm just a normal 20 something year old female that needs a husband. And I have certain relationships here I require. Now, since you're biblical, and I won't tell you where this is, you'll have to find it on your own. Let's see if you'll actually get into your Bible. There's a passage in the Old Testament that talks about that if a man, and remember in the Old Testament, they have more than one wife, okay? That if a man got a woman as his wife, took her as his wife, and then he marries another woman, if he does not fulfill the first woman, and it talks about three particular areas having to do with food, but one of those three areas was sex. Now, that has to do with the fact of intimacy, not just sexual fulfillment, but intimacy, because sex is much more than just two bodies. It's about two minds, two hearts, two souls. And it actually said that if if he did not give her food, clothing, and intimate fulfillment, sexual fulfillment, which and you're, I'm not talking just about sex here, but that's part of what's going on with you. That's why you're tempted to be with this other man, that she actually could leave him, be free, not be married to him anymore. Now, I'm not trying to get you to divorce your husband. I'm not trying to get you to leave him. I'm pointing out that even in the religion of Christianity, if you if you follow the Old Testament as well, if you look at the passages there, this is an important thing even in your religion. And to tell him, okay, you can look that verse up. You find it on your own. <laughs> if you look at that, then you can say to him, this has got to happen. This is a core. It's not something I'm being selfish about. I'm not a prima donna. I have a right to this. I need your attention. I need you to be here. I'm not asking you to end your career. I'm not asking you to make me everything in all areas in your life, but I'm saying I have certain needs and that you really owe me that as part of the marriage contract. So Kimberly, we talked about a lot of things today. If Mm -hmm. you want to make sure you see the rest of what I talk about with the roadmap to try to assess whether or not your spouse has had an affair or is in an affair, I should say, then please go to youtube.com slash marriage helper and subscribe. And that way you'll know all of our videos that go up and I'll be recording that video this week, which means it'll probably go up by what next week, Thursday, I'm going to go up Thursday of this week. Thursday. We're looking at our producer. <laughs> our producer just said, do what? <laughs> we'll get it up this week or next. But if you subscribe, you'll know exactly when it goes up. And we'll put it up as quickly as we can. Please contact us by calling our telephone number, 866-903-0990. That's 866-903-0990. Now, that's not a hotline. But the people who answer that can get you to the people that work with us that can help you. What else we would like to say as we end this up? Well, have a great week again. (laughs) Be sure you go to youtube.com and subscribe. And if you have any questions about the coaching that we talked about, the online course that we have talked about, or the workshop that we have talked about, then you can find out more on marriagehelper.com. Again, like Joe said, you can find out more by calling our office. But whatever we can do, we are here for you throughout this week, and we'll see you again next week. Have a good one.